Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. This is the space where we share stories from activists around the world. We hope that these stories inspire you to act locally as we share globally. Welcome to the People's Revolution podcast. We're going to start today, as always, with a land acknowledgement. So, a recognition that we are on stolen land is not enough when the genocide we call history still continues today and is reinforced by the daily lives of those unaware. Residential schools only closed their last door in 1997, but the mentality of the residential schools lived on, lives on. White people... Imagine living in a place that not only normalizes genocide, but actively covers it up. We don't live here because a peaceful treaty was signed. We live here because white people before us brutally pushed their way in. This includes the current government, RCMP, and church. And we need to acknowledge this and the harmful systems it brought with it before we can even attempt to create reconciliation. It's a privilege to not know you're living in such a way that makes a genocidal reality seem like regular everyday life. I would still like to recognize that the stolen land I am speaking from is rightfully the home of the Blackfoot nations and was forced to be the home of Treaty 7. This land is the traditional territories of the Blackfoot nations where the six Gates of Sipi lived and practiced their oral traditions as far back as existence goes. These nations are Siksika, Gaina, and Pigani. Treaty 7 was, sa- was signed on September 22, 1877 in a brutally unethical way. This treaty was not upheld. Treaty 7 includes the Sutina Nation, the Stony Nakoda Nations, and the Métis Nation of Region 3. So, this space known as Calgary is rightfully known as Mokinsis. And today we have Liam O'Neill from the Calgary Society for Equity and Technology, a local volunteer-run collective that aims to offer low-cost classes in technology to the Calgary community. Hi, Liam. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I'm trying to look at the camera. (laughs) Perfect. You've done so much cool work um, in Calgary over the years, and I just want to jump right in and get you talking about what the school is. You want to tell us about it? Oh, yeah. So it came out of... uh, I came out of the Calgary School of Informal Education, so we did a bunch of... uh, Basically, it was like an anarchist anarchist uh, free school, and so we taught any class, any community member could teach a class to the another group of members. So we had lots of stuff. I, I was looking at the document you said, like we did like Japanese classes and like self screening, and there was a bunch of people involved. But I think everyone started doing their other projects too, and everyone just kind of like went their own ways and like started doing lots of rad stuff, which hopefully they'll be on your podcast one day. And then uh, it kind of folded, not in a very dramatic way. Everyone's just like, oh, we got to do our own thing. And then I realized I like doing the tech classes the best. So we kind of restarted it. And then uh, it's, it's been COVID kind of hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bunch of people involved, especially Mel V. Mel V is like the other main person cool. currently. So uh, then we started doing a bunch of tech classes like Python and um electronics class we haven't done much because of covid and um we did some like talks melby did some talks so 
basically we educate people on tech skills, but also like discuss like issues in tech too. Cool. Yeah, I was looking through your class list and you there's so much variety, I guess, especially because it was the Calgary School for mm. Informal Education yeah. before. And then even like when it's when it's specifically about technology, like you guys had you guys have some pretty cool classes, like a breakdown of the new frontier by Mel V. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What What is that class about? Uh, that was a talk uh, where Mel V just discussed uh I think specifically tech issues like with the with being a black femme. Cool. So cool. and I actually I really liked how you guys also made space. You guys had an anti fascist feminist class. I thought that was pretty cool. You yeah, the, have... the Calgary School of Informal Education did that, yeah. Nora yeah. Bowman taught that. Cool. Yeah, that looked really interesting. So yeah, I don't think we uh it's kind of a little confusing because uh I guess we, I just changed the Facebook page, but that's why there's a mix of classes, but. Uh, okay. And so I also noticed you had a bunch of um, different like femme and queer friendly events, um, but was that all with the, the old school, the Calgary school? Uh, we're going to do that again. It's just COVID hit. Um, right. So we're discussing lots of stuff. Melvi has lots of good ideas. Cool. Very cool. Uh, one of the projects she's going to be probably doing, hopefully, is Black Kids Code. Um, so that'll be her and a few other people teaching. I I want to say Python, but it might maybe Java to uh, youth, Black youth. Cool. And then cool. Um, we have some other things we're thinking about. We haven't done much, honestly, since the COVID. So there will be uh, stuff specific for that. But yeah. um, this is COVID. And we're having a few other talks too. So uh, we just booked, uh, my friend is gonna talk about being a queer artist and why they don't know how to, why they were never supported to learn programming or Arduino. Oh, yeah, that's- They that didn't is. get access to the information. Important. As like a, a, a non-binary person. Cool. And how much easier it'd be to be a straight man in tech. So there'll be more. Yeah, I'm glad you're creating those spaces. They're very, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mel V. Mel V's doing a lot too. Well, uh, you as well. Yeah, and me as well. Definitely. Um, and you guys also had classes like sex work in the digital age. Love that. Oh yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did that talk. Um, is recorded, but I uh, we were DIY recording it, so uh, the audio wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Mostly, I think I was recording it. So, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a live it was a live uh, discussion between some of my friends that did digital sex work. Cool, that stuff is so necessary and hard to find. Um, mm -hmm. And then when you do find it, the price tag might be a deterrent for some people. But you guys don't charge that much. No, we don't charge that much. We do sliding scale suggested donation usually, like ten bucks, I think. Cool. Yeah, I saw some classes for $6 on there. Super freaking cool. So important too, like free or affordable learning spaces and spaces where you can go like be with other people mm -hmm. and actually like ha like learn together. Like the classroom style setting I think is way overpriced. And yeah. then we need to take that back. It's a hard balance between paying the teacher fair and charging a fair price. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. But 
I mean, with all of this, it sounds like you guys have or a good next year coming. Or do you plan on doing things online or are you going to move back into in-person? Uh, I'm, uh, I like in-person because like with computers, it's mostly online. So people don't really socialize. I think it's also easy to learn in a group setting. So we'll do like online talks, but uh, I'm partial to in-person learning. What's the favorite class that you put on? Favorite ever or... Uh, I mean, I taught a, I taught a Sonic Pi class without really knowing Sonic Pi. We just went through the tutorial, really. That was my um, most stressful, best class because it worked out. What is Sonic Pi? Oh, it's, a, it's like a, a programming language that you, uh, like a live programming language used to code live music. Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. So like you all learn together. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What is the class that you're most excited about coming up? Do you know what you have coming up? Or is it too soon? It's too soon. Uh, we... Too soon. Too soon. Too but... soon. But I ha we have some good ideas. There's like, I think, I think I'm most excited for when Mel, start, Mel V starts teaching the coding class. Yeah. Yeah, that does because awesome. it's going to be youth mostly and youth are awesome and I'm excited for that. And then um, I'm part of like a kind of another organization. I am part of the organization that's like pretty grassroots. We're going to be doing hackathons for beginners. So what is that? tell us more. Uh, so people are going to be coming together and then they're I'm not sure which programming language we're doing. I think maybe react, which I'm not like super familiar with, but um. We're gonna, some beginners are gonna come and they're gonna do a, like a, make a project, but they're gonna be mostly beginners matched with like some intermediate people. And they're just gonna like put together a project in a day. Cool. And just be like supported by intermediate to advanced people in it, so. Nice, learning and community building at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, computer people sometimes are not the friendliest, so it's good to have in person and social socialize people yeah or make yeah. it less scary yeah definitely and especially with the way you put inclusive spaces out there i think that's very important especially for the climate we're in right now just there's a safe space over here please come here yeah we try Check to make it, it safe i don't know if any space is truly safe but safer that's true an that's attempt true. yeah yeah give it a solid that's a good point though there was one class that really stuck out to me that I wanted to ask about queerness in the Russian Federation. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, class? I can tell that. That was also like with uh, Calgary uh, School for Formal Education. So uh, my friend is uh, has a PhD in Arctic Arctic Studies, and they're a queer person from the Russian Federation. So they just discuss being queer in the Russian Federation. Oh, that's very cool. So like a first-hand experience yeah from an academic from an academic view or viewpoint oh, and also a lived experience that sounds really cool i mean if you do more stuff like that in the future i'd be really into it yeah uh, the funny thing is it was like a super good talk but only one person came oh weird i feel like tons of people would go to that yeah it's it's you never know yeah and for stuff like that, you can't really record it because it's like very, very a sensitive topic. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one person was very lucky to be there. Oh, I was lucky to be there too. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, so the school in what inspired you to create the school? So we can start with Calgary School of Formal Education. Like what inspired you to bring on free classes as a group in the first place? Um, maybe uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but I was reading Paulo Freire. Uh, um, and then uh, the Marxist, Marxist, Marxist educator, pedagogy of the press, but also like because I can't afford a lot of schools, so I figured we should start a school that people could teach each other. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that it it was created, and it sounds like everyone was really inspired from it. And went when they went their own directions, like I love the way you went. Honestly, like you go into different spaces within the digital world that I don't think, like I didn't think about. Yeah, everyone from it started doing cool stuff. Like Mike Hoops is doing really good stuff. And uh, I think one person's in law school right now. And like, so everyone's just doing good things. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'm for people listening and watching um, on Facebook, Calgary School for Informal Edu- uh, of inf- oh, Sorry. Yeah, it's a it's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Calgary Society for Equity and Technology. I mix mm-hmm. the two together when I they're kind of person. they're kind of together but separate. Yeah. Would you ever do other classes outside of um, computers? If you if it was if it was given, maybe like, would you go back to? I don't know. I'm not against it, but I feel like tech is the most focus right now. You got your focus. I love it. So what brought you specifically into activism and like maybe even before the schools, but what was your first, what is the backstory to you and your activism? The backstory, uh, probably this, maybe the same as you. I was like a punk in the late nineties, not very that political, but um, went to university um, party too much, stopped partying, still kept on like reading and then kept up with the all ages scenes. So I ran, I ran, um, an all ages venue in the basement of Ogden. Cool. So that's kind of like the first thing. And then I was like part of some music collectives and it helps Molly all more all ages venues. So mostly the all ages scene and the DIY scene, I think the punk scene. Cool. Cool. I love that. And yeah, I love how punk kind of molds people into being activists. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wouldn't completely identify as an activist, but I do activist stuff. <laughs> but you put on sliding scale classes for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, not an activist. It's good not to get too arrogant. Yeah, that is a thing. That is true. Everyone makes mistakes. Or I try to contribute to the community. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it. I love it. And what has the journey been like for you going from um, do like DIY venues to moving into a space where you're helping teach people? 
not much different in a way because you're just instead of dealing it's a lot easier actually because you're like dealing with people instead of bands yeah it's a lot more mellow mellow i like it so it's almost the same do you have a goal with where your activism is now just more cool classes or is there like a bigger there's no big goal just keep doing the cool stuff yeah it's hard of a goal because it never always works out perfectly especially with act like activism or like anything so just kind of like try to do the best you can yeah yeah that's true hey well i like it you're going cool places and you came from cool places mm -hmm. but what do you wish that people understood the most about I guess like a lack of available education. Um, I think the people that understand are the ones that are getting shut out. So uh, the people that have the access to the education, I, I want them to realize that it's harder to get than you think. It's less yeah. inclusive, especially in computer stuff, tech stuff. Most super, lots of super educators, successful tech people think they're there because they're really smart, but they forget that they're also there because their parents were rich or they had a lot of privilege. That's true. School is freaking doodles expensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think you. it's worth it, but it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you definitely do need some sort of financial boost to be there, no matter mm -hmm. what it is which is definitely a hurdle for a lot. Yeah, a lot of people are not there completely on merit. They think it's all on merit, but it's not. That's a lie. Mm. There's I lots of, really, oh, sorry. oh, sorry. I was going to say that's a really important point. But yeah, there's a lot of people in the tech world that should are smarter than some very successful people, but they just don't have the opportunity mm. or the confidence because um, tech tech wizards are uh, not exactly the most friendly people mm. or the internet is not the most friendliest place sometimes as you've probably seen never it's never very rarely um but yeah i can it, it's great that you've created a space where people can come learn without those barriers um hopefully but, we hope we we hope we're trying yeah yeah those are that's a really important point though like a lot of people may not think about the value of school when it comes to having certain privileges or having people that are able to pay it for you or like you're able to take out a loan. Those are all things mm -hmm. that are major hurdles for people. Yeah. It's uh, so if we offer free classes or cheap classes, people can learn those skills and then kind of do their own learning after we just teach them that they're smart and they're, they can do it then google google is a great tool like googling and documentation is great but getting people in and just teaching them that they're smart is the most important because anyone can learn programming in tech they just anyone? need the, i think anyone they need the confidence i'm pretty bad at it but i'll but i, but I mean it takes a certain level. Like some people are obviously going to learn it quicker than others, but I think anyone can learn. Mm -hmm. 
If you can learn a language, you can learn programming. I've never done well at learning other languages, so maybe that's it. That's part of it. I can learn somewhat, but I don't know. My brain's just like one war. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. it's not for me. But maybe I'll try one of your you classes and time. find out. Yeah, should try and learn some more languages a couple more times too. Is it your passion? Is tech your passion though? No, no. And yeah, I mean, that's why we have a producer for this podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> because I cannot figure this stuff out for the life of me. I'll admit it. Right. But if you had to, we would teach you. But if I had to, I'd attend your class. And maybe I should anyways, just for Maybe you should teach it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the producer should teach it. If he's listening, he's listening. Mm -hmm. So I always ask people what social systems need to change in order to make a shift in the world or make the world a better place. But I feel like the answer for you might be school. Like, uh, I think most social systems should change, but I think access to education is one of them. So. Yeah. And I would ask you why, but we've just talked about it. <laughs> Yeah, longer. I think it's a it's like it's a hard thing to just to, like. It's definitely not. Sorry, my screen is one. It's definitely not made to be inclusive, or uh, allow everyone that to learn equally. Yeah, especially post secondary. Yeah, it's yeah definitely. So. If you could change any system, it would be so. But what what other systems would you change? Since you so many, I mean, I feel like all of them too, to be honest. Like a full upheave, but I mean, obviously, capitalism is failing. Definitely, it's about to explode, and an intelligent species would maybe make a plan before it imploded. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if there's a plan, but at least people can understand programming for the end of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> I do think uh, the internet and stuff and like online learning and online mutual aid is going to change capitalism, hopefully. Hmm. Can you share more about what you mean by online mutual aid? Even like these Facebook groups that I'm part of where people are like starting mutual aid groups where people are just sharing food with each other and like helping one another out um, is great. Or like you, even YouTubers sharing information on how to do programming. I'm still a fan of like in-person learning, but I'm glad that like online learning exists where you could study, you could almost study philosophy on YouTube. Like it's different, but you, and you have access to like so much open source software and knowledge that you couldn't have like 15, 20 years ago, or most people couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, the internet's really changed the game. And like with just like software and stuff, I could do like I could do so much like just stuff I could never do before. I don't think that's going to take down capitalism, but it's open source and stuff is like pretty interesting. Like I'm using a free operating system, so I don't have to pay for anything. Like free and legal. Cool. Very cool. So small changes yeah well i yeah 
And with, I mean, this could be a rant, but with 3D printing and all that stuff, like you can be able to print your own stuff eventually. Cool. So I think technology is going to change the world. And for, as long, yeah, as long as it's not consumed by like capitalism. That's the part that is tricky because how, like, the system, like the capitalist system, like we have to work to maintain it, but like. Like, I feel like the system should work to maintain us. And I feel like that's where a lot of like technology and can come in. But I feel like a lot of people have fears around that, too. I, I went to like a debate once for like AI and people were debating if it was good or bad. And I was in there so excited, like, yeah, it's a great thing. But I was in the minority. Like most people were not were not feeling where things were going. Guess we'll see. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to say. I don't. I'm. I'm not educated enough about AI to like actually make a real opinion. I found out at that talk I wasn't either. Like I didn't think of all the the cons. I just thought of all the pros. I'm a big sci-fi nerd, so I was like, bring on the AI, bring on the replicator. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, with transhumanism and stuff, is like I think things will change too, especially like the more open source experimental stuff, which is. Seems a little dangerous, but people are developing open source uh, medicine and lots of stuff. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, we were going to do a talk, but COVID hit. So people are developing open source medicine or ways to produce medicine using open source technologies. Cool. Right now, I think it's in the very dangerous phases, but um, yeah, it's the, oh, it's the, I'll, I'll message you later the name of the, the place. Yeah, that it's would be it. Most of it's like academics that are like in other fields. Like there's uh, the guy that runs it has like a PhD in physics or something. So it's like super educated, smart people doing interesting projects. Very cool. You dig it. And you can't really hide information on the internet. So people are going to share tech information and yeah. You're going to be able to build your own car one day, 3D print a car, I hope. Yeah, I mean, we fixed our um, washer and dryer last week with YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's a so good. New... And like the, the people offering that information are usually doing it because they're passionate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Free education is so, so important. Or like accessible education doesn't have to be free, but somehow accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's happening. Yeah, slowly. The internet gives us a lot of, like also gives us a, like a lot of, I've learned a lot of things on the internet that later I had to unlearn because that was not yeah, how to do that, it. That's another problem is who's using the internet to spread what? But we'll just try to spread our goodness. Yeah. And hopefully people go with us instead of the alt-right. Yeah. The left has good education. Mm -hmm. Based in science. Based in science. <laughs> Perfect. And so for you as an activist, where do you see yourself, I guess, in, in the future? But then you were saying before, you don't really have future plans. So. Mm-mm. Not, 
no 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 urges or wants or personal classes that you want to put on maybe python class maybe more uh more sorry more experimental classes with music and stuff like one of my good friends builds synthesizers and stuff so that's more like our my alley is like using computers to do more art-based stuff like even projection mapping or like or doing using pure data what stuff. does that mean which one projection mapping i just learned about it but you can use a projector to kind of like map on a 3d object so there's like if you have a i just bought an old projector and if you use um some open source software i'm going to use map map it's called map map and you just kind of project you can project onto like a square like a square instead of just a flat screen cool and then pure data is a programming language it's a visual one so have you ever played the guitar or any instrument mm -hmm. Uh, so it has like things called like patches. So it's almost like you're plugging patches into patches, like oh. plugging your guitar into a, a pedal and you can like, but it's like all visual and then you can just make music doing that. Oh. And it's all open source. So it's all free and legal. Cool. When you say open source, can you tell the people what that means? Uh, the exact definition, I'm not sure, but basically like, it's anyone can for the most part anyone could use it uh and it's usually free um and then like if i can con you you could contribute i could contribute to the project so we all kind of get together and contribute cool there's like different it. licenses for it so like if uh let's say i'm trying to think of an example i have a I'm a company, I need software, and there's another company needs the same software. There's like a bunch of, we might pay someone to develop that software that we could all kind of use it. So it, it's, you could still make money from it. It's just that it's like open to people to like, like use for themselves as well. I like that. Cool. Very cool. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily like left a leftist idea, but it's like i think it's really good yeah it sounds like a good community care idea to be honest just sharing of information that could be useful or sharing of like tools and knowledge oh yeah the the idea is good the community is not always good so that's what we're trying to change it to mm. okay well i'm glad that there's people like you out there trying to put the good stuff out there trying yeah and there's a lot there's actually lots of good like people that are like in the community even in calgary there's lots of people that are like into that kind of rebelling against the concept that the smartest rise to the top instead of usually the most privileged yeah yeah that is true that's and, and again such an important point yeah so open what? source oh sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt no i was going to ask you another question please continue Oh, I, uh, open source is a great idea, but it has to like be more actually like more open to uh, collaborations with diverse groups of people. For the best, best product. Oh, yeah, that's a better way than capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, capitalism that the, the best and smartest don't rise to the top either. I mean, they do, but no way they don't. Yeah, just the like, lucky few. 
Yeah, the privilege rides to the top here, but we're mm -hmm. heading in the other direction. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. What do you think that ending digital poverty would look like? I don't even know. Like digital education or uh, actual hardware? Both. Access to either. What level? I guess the question is what level of like access would would you want we want so like what would it look like it depends on the needs of the people yeah or like i don't know like it's hard to say like what would they be using the technology for mm. i think i think i it for me it would involve open source hardware and open source software that would be affordable and maybe they can manufacture themselves yeah. So more access to information so people in that community can build the hardware and software that they actually need. So I think ac access to ac more access to knowledge and resources to end it in like specifically the way they need it. Because I feel like if you give a community the proper resources, they'll build it. And like we have stuff like Raspberry Pis, like kind of not open source, but more affordable computing things that people can use. What is a Raspberry Pi? It's a, don't quote me, but it's a system on a chip. So basically it's a Linux operated microcomputer that you can use for lots of different uh, things like art, lots of different stuff, so much stuff. People have tried to, I think, explain it to me before, but because it has such a wide variety of uses, I think. It's for whatever you kind of, it's not super duper powerful, but it's powerful enough that like you could like prototype stuff or you could use it for lots of interesting uses. And a lot of it's just pe for people, like especially youth learning how computing works. Cool. Very cool. Well, I feel like I learned so much today from you. Oh, thank you. I have one more question. Well, one and a half more questions. What is your final statement for the people? Um, check out Linux. I love it. Perfect. And the, the point five of the question is uh, where can people find you on Facebook, Calgary Society for Equity and Technology? Do you have any other social media? Yeah, uh, our Instagram is yycset, and then our website currently, I think we're getting a new one kind of rebuilt, is uh, cset.sdf.org. Perfect. Awesome. Well, ev yeah, everyone, please check it out for all these awesome classes coming up once COVID leaves us, mm -hmm. hopefully soon. I hope so too. Well, thank you very much. I think we killed a good 40 minutes. So this was yeah. lovely. And hopefully my good. answers made sense. It, they did. It was perfect. This was great. And yeah. Cut.